Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. Well, here we are, another edition of the Rising Champions podcast. Kyle Bogey, of course, your host, alongside Dr. Jason Novetsky of the Champion Mindset Group. And uh, Doc, we have a wonderful uh, interview with uh, a young man who, you know, I think is going to go on to do some great things, uh, not only on the baseball field, but, uh, you know, in life in general. Uh, Anthony Fett, uh, baseball player, Orchard Lake St. Mary's graduate, now off at uh, Akron University, uh, and getting settled in, although uncertain times, uh, you know, certainly play a factor in uh, his prep and, and in school and what's going on. But I was very much struck by, you know, one, his voice, um, you know, the way that he was able to speak. But honestly, and you can speak to this, and I know this is something that you do with, you know, a, a lot of your clients, uh, you know, and student athletes that you help. And that is setting goals for yourself and being able to slowly one by one check those goals, you know, off a, you know, proverbial to-do list. Yeah. Goal setting is so important. It's something that, like you said, we do a lot with our athletes. And I, we know from the research, Kyle, that the most successful people in the world, not just have goals, but they write them down and they look at them every day. And the most important thing they do is they take massive action on their goals, on the process of their goals. Like for example, you and I both with our respective businesses now, you know, we had a goal, it was an ultimate goal, a long-term goal, a vision, if you will. But then we had to set some, what we call performance-related goals, some outcomes um, that we're going to check off and we can measure. And then beyond that, there's a process. What are you going to do every day to make those things happen? And like you said, you've got your notepad out every day and you're checking things off. That things have to get done and they have to get done in accordance with the mission and vision of the business that you're trying to accomplish. Well, it's the same thing for athletes. Well, and I, I think it's interesting too, you know, because you can't just set long-term goals, you know, it right. can't just be, you know, what you, you want to accomplish in life or what you want to accomplish on a, a baseball diamond, whatever it is, you know, for me, you know, taking this risk and getting out there, starting a business, you know, having my partner, it obviously the long-term goal is to give, you know, my daughter the best life that I can mm. possibly give her, you know, that's, that's the long-term, you know, kind of play. Obviously we want better lives, but in the immediacy, you're right. It is making sure that you are continuing to grow every single day. It's handling the tasks, you know, that you have to, to maintain. It's having an organized calendar so you understand the breakdown of your time and where it's all being allocated. And of course, as a, as a business and, and, you know, anything in life, you want to say by the end of this year, we want to be doing this. By the end of the next year, we want to be doing this. Five years from now, we want to be doing that. And having those goals and being able to kind of check that off it gives you a level of satisfaction where, you know, you can go home at the end of that day or the end of that week, whatever it is, and you can get away from it. And, you know, you can relax. You're, you're not thinking about, man, I, I didn't do that. I didn't get that done. No, you check it off, you put it down and you can come back to it on, you know, Tuesday or the following Monday, say, if you went away for the weekend. And I think from a mental standpoint, that is as big as anything. Yeah. A couple of things that you mentioned there really stuck out is, you have that long-term goal, but I want to point out to you and everybody else out there, be careful with the semantics that you use, because I even noticed when you said that is you want to be there. I would coach you and say, we will be there. 
<laughs> this, this will happen by this date. And I think you'll hear Anthony mention that as well in his language. And like you also said, it's important to have that long-term goal, but you got to focus on the intermediate steps and the process. And I, I learned this from another mental skills coach named Brian Kane. He's a very famous mental skills coach. He's big time. He, he works with lots of big time programs. I give him all the credit he deserves. He's written lots of great books. And he told a story once or tried to make an anecdote that he would ask a, a client, can if let's say you're going on a trip at night, you're going to drive from Detroit to Chicago in the middle of the night. And I'll ask you, Kyle, if you're pulling out of your driveway in the middle of the night, can you see Chicago when you're pulling out of your driveway? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, you, got, you have headlights, don't you? Can't you see Chicago from your driveway? Uh, you can see the, the path, the, I guess, a couple of cars in front of you, perhaps, so, that you're yeah. on. Yeah. So, so Brian Kane would say, you could probably see about 200 feet, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we need to focus on, the next 200 feet. We have our destination in mind, but we can only get there about 200 feet at a time. And so that's why it's important to have those intermediate steps along the way. And, and again, as you alluded to, when you make progress on those short-term steps, progress equals happiness. And that's why you can go home at night satisfied that you got a little bit done. Well, and I would say this too, and this is something just, you know, in, in your professional life that I think you – you think about as well to make sure that like, you don't want to be you know, patting yourself on the back all the time, but if you are a young athlete or, you know, you're a young professional or you're a young business owner, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you are celebrating the small battles, you know, celebrating the small wins, you know, because those are the things that, you know, you're going to remember. And I do think that that gives you a level of satisfaction, but it also, it also allows you to, to bring it back, I guess, to a sports metaphor, if you win a round one series in the major league baseball playoffs or NBA playoffs, you celebrate that one series. And I think that gives you the closure to move on and go, okay, now, now starting now, it's time to move on to the second round. It's time to start looking ahead and what you want to accomplish. And I think that can be just as big as anything. I agree with you hundred percent. And one thing we talk about when we work with teams is to celebrate the success and ask yourself the question, what went well today? And why? Because if you know why, you can do it again. And that's a great way to celebrate your success. But you're right. Then you got to move on. Hey, what could we have done better? And how are we going to fix it for next time? And I think that's what the best of the best do all the time. They're constantly using self-evaluation. All right. Well, um, without further ado, uh, a great conversation here with a young man that, uh, you know, again, it's just beginning his college years. He called himself, uh, he's 18 now. He's a man. Um, (laughs) You know, and uh, he's going to go out there and battle some guys that are a little bit older than him. And, you know, there is a big difference between, say, a 15-year-old and an 18-year-old, an 18-year-old and a 21, 22-year-old. And you'll, you'll listen to, I guess, the physical differences in what he's going to be battling here in his first, uh, you know, year uh, playing college baseball. But uh, with that, Anthony Fett uh, joining us here on the Rising Champions Podcast. Well, Anthony, we, uh, we really appreciate you joining us here on the Rising Champions podcast. And uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't start with that poster uh, that's up in the background of your, uh, your dorm room right there. Uh, it's obviously been uh, a tough year for all of us, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant lovers, uh, you know, in this generation. But you as an athlete, even though it's, you know, baseball, I guess, what, what does Kobe mean to you? Why do you have the poster up? And, and do you almost have that kind of mentality when you're out there on the diamond? You know, I always try, I always try to have that kind of mentality, you know, that kind of, you want to, you want to attack everything. 
uh, like he did. You want to have that mentality that he did because, you know, you think of competitors, you think of like him, you think of Michael Jordan, you think of all those guys. So definitely his competitiveness, his drive, his work ethic, all that, definitely try. No matter, you know, any athlete could say they try and model their work ethic after Kobe Bryant. So. Absolutely. I'm a big Kobe fan as well and uh, miss him dearly because he provided a lot of uh, inspiration and motivation for all of us uh, with the way he took care of his own business. So may he rest in peace for sure and his family. Um, Anthony, I want to start out with this because I was looking through my file with you and believe it or not, we started working together in 2015, mm -hmm. five years ago. Yeah. So Kyle, Anthony came in as an eighth grader. And now we're interviewing him in his college dorm room at Akron University. So I thought this was interesting because one of the first sessions we had, we set goals together. And Anthony, I don't know if you remember this, but I think you checked these off pretty well. So we looked at long-term goals. Here were his goals, Kyle. Varsity baseball, win a state championship, earn a division one baseball scholarship. Check, 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 check. I'm assuming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about that, Anthony. Tell us about your, your journey at Orchard Lake St. Mary's here in Michigan and what that experience was like playing varsity basketball. Or Excuse me. You wanted to play that too. Uh, uh, playing varsity baseball for Coach Petrie and uh, winning a state championship and then the process of winning, uh, earning a Division One scholarship and all the mental skills that went into that. Mm -hmm. Well, I did end up playing varsity basketball myself. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> check, 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 uh -oh. check. Yeah. So, um, you know, freshman year, I started off, I made the freshman team and then halfway through the season, I got bumped up. And then my sophomore season, I originally made the JV team, but then it was like two weeks into the season and Peach was just like, oh, like I need you as an extra arm this week. Um, you're just gonna stay up here. And then I forget who I threw against, but I came in relief and like I got the win in one of the games and he just like, I'm just like, so do you want me to go back down to JV? He's just like, no, we're going to keep you up here. I'm like, Oh, okay. So, um, that was kind of my first lick of varsity baseball. And then my sophomore year, my role kind of got bigger and bigger. And, um, we did have a couple injuries to the pitching staff. So, um, I kind of became like that second option in the rotation. So when it came time for playoffs, I pitched in the um, in the district semifinal game. And then we made it past that. We won the districts and then I pitched in the regional semifinal and then won that, won the, won the regional final and then won the state quarters. I didn't pitch in that game. And then in the state semifinals, we had um, – our ace pitch and then he reached his pitch limit and then I came in for that game sadly we ended up losing that game but um you know just getting that experience off the bat my sophomore year oh and I did pitch at um Comerica Park mm. for an inning or two at the um, Catholic League Championship and so just kind of getting that experience being on that bigger stage already as a sophomore kind of made it easier for me going into my junior year and going into my junior year, I knew I had to put on weight and I had to throw harder. Those were the two biggest things. Cause you know, I was like an average varsity pitcher at the time, you know, I had stuff to, you know, I could get guys out. I could strike a few guys out, you know, but VLO and weightlifting were the two biggest things for me going into my junior year. So the summer of the summer going into my junior year, I was like 175 pounds. 
And I'm like, all right, I want to hit 195 before the, before the high school baseball season. And I hit like 195 in like two months. Mm. So, and I'm just like, all right, let's go 200. I hit 200 <laughs> like a month later. I'm like, okay, let's go 205 and let's stick with that. So I hit the 205, we get in the season. And I knew because I had had a pretty big role the year before that my role was probably going to be about the same. It was still going to be a pretty big role because, you know, me being for going from a sophomore to a junior, already having that big role. So, um, and I knew my junior year was like, the junior year is for everybody is like a, like the biggest year recruiting wise. Mm -hmm. So I knew I'm just like, yeah, this is my chance to, you know, get D1's attention, get somebody's much baseball because at the end of the day, that was the ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, you know, the theme of your story right there is you really use goal setting to motivate yourself and stay focused. Yeah. Was that process real important to you through the whole ordeal? Yeah, for sure. You know, I've, I've always had the long-term goal of playing uh, college baseball. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had to set, you know, minor goals. You know, I want to weigh this. I want to throw this hard, you know, things like that. So. Did you, uh, you mentioned playing basketball, you know, through, you know, high school and everything like that. Were you ever pressured, you know, to, you know, say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to, you know, work out, you know, and get ready for baseball, you know, in the winter before the season gets started. And I guess the fact that you, you know, didn't cave to, you know, maybe any pressure and you did play, how much do you think that benefit you as an athlete, you know, and just staying in shape and competing now that you're in college? Well, definitely basketball, you know, you got to be a pretty good athlete to play basketball, even at the high school level. Um, so I appreciate you saying that. I played basketball yeah, four yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't sure. consider myself a good athlete, but I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like it definitely helped me because, you know, there's athleticism involved with about every sport. So, you know, it was just an advantage for me. And then um, actually in the regional semifinal game after I pitched, there was a Michigan State scout there um and he said he liked me he just wanted me to throw harder and get bigger and stronger so i was like after that i was kind of thinking like do i like is it necessary for me to play basketball anymore because i knew i didn't really want to play basketball in college mm -hmm. i didn't i mean i wasn't thinking that you know oh like i can't play basketball in college i probably could have but it just wasn't something that i wanted to pursue and i'd rather would have pursued baseball so right. that I made the decision just to play baseball my, ju my junior and senior year. Yeah, ended up being a good decision for you, clearly. Uh, tell us a little bit about the reasons you came in uh, originally to work with me in terms of your mental skills and what were some of those real important mental skills that you feel like were the biggest benefit for you? Um, like you said before, well, like you said before, goal setting was definitely a big one, whether it's, you know, short term or long term, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think just trying to get me an edge, because, you know, when I'm in eighth grade, freshman high school, kids, you know, you see bad body language everywhere, you know, kids slamming their bats, throwing their gloves, all that. And, you know, just letting everything get to their head. And I just kind of, and uh, I know my parents, you know, they kind of wanted me to have that edge. So, you know, I think they were the ones that found you. I'm not exactly sure. Well, yeah, and I worked with your brother, who's a great hockey player as well. And... I think one of the things you're talking about there is having some self-control and yeah. learning how to manage your emotions. And, you know, you were always have been a very stoic young man. Mm -hmm. um, 
and you have been pretty good at controlling your emotions. So I'm sure that served you well as you were being recruited by lots of different uh, colleges because you take care of business and somebody watching your game would not know if you're winning or losing if they're watching you. They just know you're out there pitching. Right. You know, one, one of the more uh, impressive things that I think, um, you know, high schoolers have to do, and, and I spent many years early in my, you know, professional career, you know, covering recruiting and, and things like that. There is a lot that comes with selecting the right program, the right university, the right coaching staff, you know, the right environment that you're going to take your abilities as a student athlete to at the next level. So I guess how challenging was the process of figuring out where, you know, you wanted that next step to be? And ultimately, when, you know, you, you made that decision, what, what were the biggest factors, you know, that, that allowed you or, or led you to where you're at now? Yeah. So uh, kind of my junior year, I wasn't getting looked at a ton. Like um, Wayne State was looking at me and uh, Kalamazoo College was too. And um, one of my coaches reached out to the recruiting coordinator at Akron and just say, hey, like, um, I want you to come see this kid pitch. And um, the first game he was originally supposed to see me pitch, we were playing Cleveland St. Ed's. I threw a complete game one-hitter shutout. And he was just like, yeah, you missed a pretty good one. And then, so that was supposed to be the recruiting coordinator that came. And then the next time I pitched, Coach Sabo actually came out and watched me pitch, which is kind of like Sabo doesn't go out and recruit. That's like, that's the other coaches. Sabo just coaches. Sabo is usually not the one that comes and, you know, watches games and things like that. I just want to so, clarify while we're talking about this. So for our audience, that's Chris Sabo. He's talking about. Uh, World Series winner with the Cincinnati Reds, former player from University of Michigan. So pretty famous name around these parts. So go ahead. I'm sorry. So um, uh, the recruiting coordinator got in contact with me that day after Sabo came and watched me. And um, we picked a day for a visit. And um, co and when I went, Coach Sabo was the one. You know, we took a whole walk around campus. And before, this was a time where – Akron baseball was just coming back. They had a five years where they just, where they didn't have a baseball program. Hmm. And I saw the field before, you know, they completely redid it. I saw the locker room before there was any lockers or anything in there. And he was just like, yeah, you know, we're going to have the locker room here. Um, and then he showed me like the layout of the field, how it was going to look. I got to talk with the pitching coach too. And I really liked him a lot. And, um, I was really blown away because I knew I thought Akron was like way smaller, but I was just blown away about how nice it was because I had no idea it was this nice because, you know, they got the big field house, you know, obviously the field's nice now, mm -hmm. but the whole turf and everything. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. You, you talk about that because I work with lots of athletes that want to play division one sports and, or just want to play college baseball in general. And there's a place to play if you're good enough to be a player uh, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, at Alabama or Florida state or Duke or anything like that. I mean, division one baseball is good baseball, no matter where you are. And I think it's great that, that Anthony found a good fit at Akron. For sure. So Anthony, in addition to the goal setting and managing your emotions, um, you and I worked a lot on the concept that we've talked a lot about on this show about self image and identity and doing what we call a mental workout. Can you explain to some of our listeners how you interpreted and used the process of identity and mental workouts? Well, the mental workout was for me, the biggest thing for me was visualization because like my dad had told me to do it, but I was just like, eh, I don't think it really works. <laughs> and, um, 
you know, we went to you and you, that was like one of your biggest things that we talked about first and those mental workouts, you know, you do the deep breathing, you relax, sit down in a comfy chair, whatever. And then you do the whole visualization, take yourself through the game, whatever it is. And I feel like that helped me a lot just cause you know, whether it was playing basketball, watching the ball go in, playing baseball, seeing me hit the ball, throw strikes in my spots, whatever, that definitely helped a lot because your brain can't differentiate whether it's real or if you're just thinking it. That's so right. th- that definitely helped a lot. Yeah. With, with some of that, you know, visualization, you know, obviously there's, there's practices and things that, you know, certainly you've worked with, uh, with DACA, but was there, you know, a point, I guess, you know, in competition where, something that you had kind of worked on, visualized, whatever it might've been, you got out there and you were in a situation like that and you were able to have success and be prepared and be calm and, and handle it and, and, and do well. Yeah. Um, I really think it my first, my first inner squad here, actually, um, it was last week. I think it was, I was like, I was like, obviously, you know, first, first time facing college hitters, you know, get the butterflies a little bit, but I feel like I was still pretty calm and composed and every, you know, before every pitch, like when I come set, you know, get ready to get or my wind up, like right before I get into it, I visualize where the ball is going to go, like where I want it to go, whether it's a curveball in the dirt, fastball out, fastball out. And I feel like that has definitely, that definitely helps a lot if I do that. Yeah, so what he's referring to, Kyle, is uh, something we work on with lots of athletes in different sports is a pre-play or, in his case, a pre-pitch routine. So, you know, Anthony would often take a nice deep breath, uh, understand the situation he was in, clear his head, uh, step up on, up, up on the mound and get his task or target from his catcher and then visualize that pitch. So I think that helped him uh, immensely. Obviously, now he's in college as well, and that'll prove to be successful for him as he moves forward. Okay, so in addition to those things, uh, talk to us a little bit about the difference between what you've noticed in high school practices and college practices and how Coach Sabo runs things. Um, Well, first off, I'd like to say Coach Sabo is just – he is insane at hitting ground balls and fly (laughs) balls. We were doing double cuts today, and balls were just flying everywhere. He – the hand-eye coordination is crazy. Yeah. But um, definitely in college, you know, you're playing – some of the guys on the team are like 24 years old, and I'm just, you know, I'm – you know, in high school you turn 18, you're like, oh, I'm 18, I'm an adult now. Then you get <laughs> to college, you got these 22, 23-year-olds, just like, dang, I'm not that old. <laughs> Those are men. Those are young men. Yeah. So you get there, and it's completely different. You got – you know, you may be able to out-squat everybody on the – baseball team in high school but you get here you get dudes that are 23 squatting way more than you and you're like oh well I'm not that special anymore (laughs) do you think though like you mentioned uh you know earlier in the conversation that you know you were able to play uh you know varsity at a, a younger age I guess than than most do you think because you were able to do that, that, you know, something like that almost kind of prepared you for, you know, life in college, having to basically just do that all over again. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think so. Cause you know, you're, I was what, 15 going against 18 year olds. Yeah. You know, 18 Pretty going, similar. Yeah. 18 going against 21 year olds. 
you know, so it's not, it's not too much different. Yeah. And I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up uh, your, your travel baseball experiences also, because you played in lots of high profile tournaments and showcases along the way. Maybe you can uh, talk to us a little bit about the teams you played for and the uh, effect that had on you to help you get into college as well. Well, I think one of the teams that made the biggest difference, I was on the um, Motor City Hit Dogs, and um, I did play on the South Farmington Blues before that, but we didn't really do many tournaments. We played, like, league games during the week and then, mm -hmm. like, two or three tournaments. But, like, once you get on the Hit Dogs, it's, you know, your tournaments, six, seven tournaments in the summer, and, you know, you can maybe get one weekend off all summer. And so – the summer, the summer after my junior year, we went down to uh, Lake Point, Georgia, for the the, the WWBA mm -hmm. tournament. You know, you have those, you have the Canes National, you have all those top teams in the country going down for that. So, facing those teams and having the possibility of playing those teams, those that's definitely like, hey, we're playing some of the best best kids in the country. Like, let's get after it. Let's go. Let's compete. So Doc mentioned the, uh, the goals that you set for yourself, you know, when you guys first started working together, um, you know, at a younger age. So now you're, you're 18, you're, you know, you're, you're a man, uh, you know, now in college and, and ready to take on uh, the next challenges uh, that, you, that you'll have at uh, baseball at this level. So what, I, I guess, on and off the baseball field, have you kind of established what those next goals will be, what you want to accomplish? Well, obviously, the number one goal, get drafted, you know, sign a contract, what, whatever it may be, free agent contract, whatever it is. That's obviously the number one goal is, you know, play big league ball. You know, every kid, every kid that plays baseball, every high school that, wants, that plays baseball wants to play in the big leagues, you know. So that'd be the number one goal. And, I mean, if, if it doesn't work out, you know, probably go back to school, get a master's, whatever, whatever it may be things like that. And along the way, you have some, uh, I know you and I talked recently uh, last summer about some of your goals that you have while you're in college. And you mentioned about, you know, becoming a starter at some point uh, by your sophomore, junior year, being the Friday night guy, so to speak, in your right. conference games and uh, certain velocities that you're trying to accomplish as well. Where are you these days when you're, when you're throwing fastballs? Um, in my last inner squad, I was 83, 85. Okay. And what's, what are you trying to get to eventually? Well, first you got to get to 90. Yep. <laughs> and then it's hard. You know, you hit from, you know, 75 to 85. It's pretty easy, but 85 to 90 is hard. 90, 95 is even harder. So, you know, it can get hard. But I think with what I have here and the pitching coach here, I think I could definitely, definitely improve, improve pretty fast. And now you also have Coach Me there. Is that right, Corey Me? Yep. yep. So tell Coach Me I said hello. He and I battled against each other in college. He was at Notre Dame when I was at University of Detroit. Yep. So I, I must have faced him 20 or more times over several years. So yeah. he may not remember me personally, but we certainly faced each other a lot and had some good battles against the old Fighting Irish there in mm -hmm. South Bend and in Detroit. Yep. So, Anthony, to kind of wrap us up, when you think about the mental training that you went through and everything you've done, what impact would you say that had, you know, to help you get to this next level? And what I mean by that is, what would you say to other young players that are in eighth grade right now, like you were when you came to me? And what was the significant impact that the mental training had on you? Um, 
like we've talked about a lot already, the goal setting, you know, set a goal and don't just be like a, don't just be like random, just be like, I want to be 190 pounds. Okay. Um, set, set yourself a deadline to reach 190 pounds. Oh, I want to throw this hard. Well, how you also, how are you going to do that? What are you going to do? What drills are you going to do? Are you going to lift weights? You're going to do driveline, whatever it is, set those goals, have a plan with those goals and just ride it out. Cause ultimately it's on them. Like, you know, you'll have coaches, you'll have team practices, whatever, but all the, all the work gets done when the lights are off. So no one's watching. Fantastic. All right. Well, that's right. Anthony, uh, great advice. Appreciate the conversation. Obviously, uh, you know, we'll be monitoring, uh, you know, your progress over the years and uh, look forward to seeing what you end up doing. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Anthony. Good to see you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.